Well, there's some good news and some bad news. The best news is that we can adapt. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. We appreciate you taking your time to listen to the podcast. And the good news is that the inflation numbers have dropped 0.2% year over year in April. The bad news is that the month-to-month inflation rate rose 0.3% March to April. So the rate went down and the prices went up. Well, there's more bad news that we're going to have some coming shortages, but we can adapt to that. And we'll talk about adaptability in a minute. But first, let's mention our sponsors. Our first sponsor tonight is ProLine Digital Group. They're builders of websites. They host websites. They build apps for churches, for businesses. And the biggest thing that I like, aside from the service that we have gotten with our website and our hosting, but I'm most encouraged by the digital lead generation program that they have, If you have a small business, if you need to reach out to customers, if you need people that are looking for your service, which those, quite honestly, are the easiest to sell, but if you're a landscaper, if you're a local attorney, if you are a local car lot, a mechanic, any kind of service you offer or product you sell could be a prospect for digital leads. I just want to encourage you to get with ProLine Design and talk with them. Don't take my word for it. They can explain it a whole lot better than I can. And you'll find them linked in the show notes and you'll also find them linked off of our website. Now, our second sponsor for tonight is Jim Curtis. Now, I don't know how much I've actually told you about Jim Curtis, He is a retired firefighter and paramedic, and he started building knives as a hobby many years ago. And then, kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies said, Jed, you ought to move away from there. People started saying, Jim, you ought to sell those knives. And Jim Curtis Knives was born, and the rest is history. Every Jim Curtis knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. It comes with lifetime sharpening. And it comes with two Band-Aids, and yes, they do come that sharp. Now, you can see Jim's work on Facebook at Jim Curtis Knives. That will be linked out of the show notes and off of our website as well. Our topic tonight is adaptability in a changing world. Now, we know the world is changing. We just have to look around, just observe a little bit to know that the world is changing. It's not what it was when we were kids. It's not what it was when our parents were kids. It's changing, and it's continuously changing, and we have to be able to adapt to that. So we're going to talk about adaptability tonight. Now, adaptability is just a skill that lets you be flexible and change easily. A lot of people are really resistant to change, really don't like change. And in some areas, I'm the same way. But there are areas that I don't mind seeing change at all. 
But some things I just want left like I like it. You know what I mean? The thing is, though, is that the world changes. Things change. Just look over the course of your own life, and I don't know what age you are. I'm 65, and I can remember going to school when they had a blackboard up there, and they went from the blackboard, chalkboard, they went to whiteboards, and now they have these smart boards in there, and just all kinds of changes that we've seen. Most of you and I went to school when we used number two pencils, especially in the first and second grade. We used number two pencils, and then I think it was the third grade that we started going to an actual cartridge fountain pen to learn penmanship. And so things change. And today, kids are sitting in class as young as first grade using Chromebooks. All of their lessons are on computer. And you go through and you walk through a school and you see those kids sitting in those classrooms and they're in front of a computer and they're wearing headsets. Things change, and we're the ones that have to adapt. But, you know, adaptable people tend to thrive in unpredictable environments, and they can adapt to changing information. The old stick in the mud that just absolutely refuses to change no matter what, that's the guy that's going to have problems, especially if we get into an SHTF situation. Now, when we're talking about adaptability, we're talking about a skill set. There is a specific skill set for adaptability. And that's what we're going to talk about here is the adaptability skill set. And the first thing, and we've talked about this and a number of things in situational awareness and whatever, we've talked about observation. That adaptability skill set requires a keen sense of observation. And we need to be able to quickly identify changing information whether it's day-to-day or whether it's in an SHTF situation. And one way that I can illustrate that is meteorologists do this constantly. They're looking at model runs every six hours. Just think for a moment about when hurricanes are out in the Gulf or out in the ocean, and maybe they are a couple of days from making landfall, and these meteorologists are trying to pin down an area where that hurricane is going to make landfall. So they're not only looking at those model runs, but they're looking at that data hourly to see what is changing. It happens in thunderstorms and tornadoes, especially when our local television station goes wall to wall. What they're doing is they're looking at the changing radar. They're looking at the different wind patterns. They're looking at the humidity and just all kinds of data that goes into that so that they can look and identify what may become a thunderstorm or what could spin up a tornado. So in observation, we need that keen sense of observation so that we are able to identify threats and resources. Now, once we've observed, we need to exercise critical thinking. This is our second point of the adaptability skill set. We need to take information and analyze it. And decisions have to be made on the best information that we have at the time. And information changes. This is how we figured out the baby formula shortage several months ago and gave you a heads up on that. Now, we're working on the possibility of some more coming shortages. And we'll be touching on that next week. And some of that will be in the newsletter. 
which, by the way, I don't think I've mentioned that. We're getting out a bi-weekly newsletter now. It will come out again next Friday. And if you would like to be a part of that newsletter, if you'll go to the website, www.practicalprepping.info, and you just click on Contact, And you just send us any kind of a message that says newsletter or please add me or have Krista own more than Mark, you know, whatever you would like to to add into there. But we will add you to that newsletter email list as well. And that will go out next Friday. Now, we take that critical thinking and we apply that to our observation. Now, there's some memorization in here, which is our third step. See, we need to be memorizing some things. I know some of us aren't real good at memorizing. Some of us aren't good at memory at all. I bought some memory foam shoes, so when I get in the kitchen, I remember why I went in there. They don't seem to be working all that well, but we need to be remembering locations of resources, especially if we're on foot Maybe we're trying to get home during a SHTF situation. We need to remember where that creek was, how far back it was. We need to remember where that stream was, possible places that we can acquire food. And we need to do that around our house as well, though I would really suggest that we're better off to mark that on a map so we know where those streams are. We know where those food sources might be. There may be some fruit trees somewhere. There may be some plants, edible plants, that we can forage for. But we need to remember where those locations are. Memorization also comes in in remembering steps to a process. There's a lot of processes that we use. The first one that came to my mind was the ABCs of first aid, airway, breathing, and circulation. You find someone that's on the ground, someone's collapsed, Number one, airway. Do they have an open airway? B, breathing. Are they breathing? If they have an open airway and they're not breathing, then we need to start mouth-to-mouth respirations. And then C, circulation. Do they have a heartbeat? If they don't have a heartbeat, then we need to begin CPR. But ABC helps us to remember those. Now, one that's used a lot in survival, it's used in military, it's used in law enforcement, and that's the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, OODA loop, and it's observe, orient, decide, and act. We observe what's going on, orient, we figure this thing out real quick, and then we decide what we need to do, and then we act. Now, here's another skill that we might need in an SHTF situation, that's remembering how to program a radio manually. You can memorize the order in which the buttons should be pushed. Those radios are picky about that. That's why I say that if you have one, you need to get your license so that you can get it programmed, test it, practice, and have everything ready to go if the Schumer were to hit the fan. So that's memorization. Now let's talk about resilience. Resilience is the ability to quickly recover from a setback. And we're going to have setbacks. Something breaks. Now, my dad and I were basically remodeling my sister's house 200 miles away from where he and I lived. And we would go up when we got off, had a three-day weekend, and we would work those three days, and then we would come home. Well, we were finishing up in the bathroom late one night, 
And all we needed to do was finish setting the toilet. And so we've got that toilet set. Everything's looking good. We're tightening it down. And Dad tightened it just about an eighth of a turn too much. And that porcelain on the side of that toilet broke. So we had to recover from that. And that meant that we had to spend an extra night and go early the next morning to buy a new toilet to put in. But that's resilience. We recovered from a setback. Now, we might find some things not only that break, but some particular thing is not available. Not long ago, Krista said, well, this was during some of the COVID issues with the meat shortages. She said, I'm going to run to the store and get some ground beef and we're going to have a hamburger steak tonight. And she didn't want to thaw out five pounds of ground beef. So she was going to run, pick up a pound and make us a couple of hamburger steaks. Well, she came back and she said they didn't have any ground beef. So we're having chicken again. So that's what we did. But she recovered from the setback of her plan went out the window. So she had to start over completely with her menu. Resilience is also the ability to meet any new challenge that pops up. You're digging a ditch. You're digging something. Maybe you're putting in an underground storm shelter and you hit tree roots or you hit rock. What do you do? You need to meet that new challenge. And we're going to talk about some of that problem solving in a minute. How about if you're traveling and we've had this happen. We had a hotel reservation. We called. We said, we're going to get in about such and such time. They said, not a problem. You've got till midnight. We got there about 11 o'clock and they had given our hotel room away. So our reservation was void and they did not have another room that we could get. So what do we do? We go find another place to stay. That's resilience. We recover from a setback or from any new challenge that pops up. Now that leads us kind of into problem solving. And problem solving is where we take the information that we have, we take our knowledge, we take our experience, and we take our skills to find an effective solution. Now, as I was a young police officer and a young paramedic, there was a motor vehicle accident in our city. And there was a young lady, probably six or seven years old at the time. And I got there and assessed her. We did not have an ambulance on the scene at that time. And she had a broken left femur. That's the thigh bone. And that can be pretty critical. There are ways to deal with it. And we carried a hair traction splint, which was designed for femurs, but we only had an adult size. We could we could use, you know, a teenager, 11, 12 years old. We could probably make that work, but there's no way we can make that work for a six or seven year old. Well, a friend of mine lived right across the street from where this accident happened. And he came over and he said, Mark, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do? And I looked up at him and I said, Jimmy. I need a board this long and a board this long. He pulled out his tape measure and he measured those. And I said, round the upper edges so there's no sharp corners on it. 
he had a full wood shop in his backyard, and I think that was the fastest I'd ever seen him run as he went back across there to go to his wood shop. But he came back in just a few minutes, and he had those two boards perfectly cut, sanded the edge real quick on his big belt sander, and they were just perfect. We padded it. We put one on the inside of her leg, one on the outside of her leg. We bandaged that, and we used basically gauze to adhere that to her in three places. And then we were able to make a tension device. You needed to put traction to relieve the pain on a broken femur. And so that's what we were able to do. We used the info that we had, the knowledge that we had, the experience we had. Now, his and mine at that point in time were different. He had great knowledge in that wood shop. I knew what we needed, and he was able to put that together. So that's problem solving. We're going to run into a lot of problems in prepping in SHTF situations, whether it's major or whether it's minor. You know, we can have a snowstorm. I think I told you about in 1993 when my first wife, who was in a cast up to her hip, having broken her leg nine days before and having serious surgery on that, we had the blizzard of 93 that hit the Birmingham area, and she's in a bed in a cast, and we lose power for seven days. So we had some problems there that we had to solve, and guess what? We got through it. We were able to get through that and solve every problem that we had, including an 11-year-old that wanted to be out playing in the snow when she had to be inside taking care of mama while daddy was outside trying to dig us out. And sometimes this problem solving takes creativity. So we need to assess our current situation. Now, let's just, for example, say we're on foot trying to get home and we've got our GHB, our get home bag, and we need water. So we need to assess that situation and then consider our options. What resources do we have at hand? Where can we obtain the resources that we need? Do we have that personal water filter and we come across a creek or a stream? And then once we look at those options, where can we obtain the resources? Maybe we cross that stream a half mile back. So do we turn around and go back a half a mile or do we keep going? What's our situation? But where can we do that? Once we've considered those options, then we choose a course of action. Now, this one may sound a little bit funny, but we need some curiosity. And curiosity fits into our adaptability plan. Here's how it does. One, we need to be proactively looking for ways to improve the process. Let me say that again. We need to proactively look for ways to improve the process. Some processes are antiquated. And we go through those processes by habit. You ever heard that? We've never done it this way before. That's killed many a church and it could kill many preppers. Now, here's a good illustration of that. This young bride and her husband had gotten married and they had been married a few months and she decided to cook a ham and she bought an appropriate size ham for the two of them and she cut that ham in half and she cooked it in one pot, uh, one half in one pot and the other half in the other pot. And he came in and he said, why are you cooking it in two pots? She said, I don't know. That's the way my mother did it. 
He said, well, call her and find out why we cook it in two pots. So she called her mother and her mother said, well, honey, I don't know. That's the way your grandma always did it. So mama called grandma and said, mother, when you were cooking ham, when we were kids, you always cut that thing in half and you put it in two pots. You cooked it in two pots. Why did you do that? She said, well, honey, there were nine of y'all, if you remember, and your daddy and me made 11. And to cook a ham big enough for all 11 of us, I didn't have a pot big enough. So I cut the ham in half and cooked it in two pots. Very simple solution for grandma's problem, too big of a ham to cook in the pot she had, but not a problem at all for the young bride. So sometimes we need to look for ways to improve the process, and we need to be curious about, can I do this a better way? See, there may be a better way. We don't have to reinvent the mousetrap. We just may need to find a better way of getting rid of mice or rats. And it might be a bigger or some better type of mousetrap, or it might be a rat trap. Maybe it's getting some barn cats. If you live on some acreage and you've got some barns out there and you store some corn here and there and you want to take care of the rats, get you some cats. They'll take care of those rats and be a little bit limited in how much you feed those rats. Make them work for some of their food. And if you grew up around a chicken house on an old farm back years and years ago, you might be familiar with the old-fashioned rat killing. I grew up around those chicken houses. There were four there on the property that's still the old home place that we have. My dad and my uncles and aunt were raised there, and my cousin and I were raised there, and he and I have that property together now. But those old chicken houses, three of them are gone, but I can remember with dad and my uncles and anybody that was really old enough and safe enough and mature enough to be able to handle a shotgun would be a part of the old-fashioned rat killing. And what happened was my uncle pulled his pickup truck inside the chicken house and he knew where the rat holes were. And so they would have people stationed inside the chicken house and people stationed outside the chicken house and he would put a hose down into the rat hole and stick it into the tailpipe of his truck and those rats would eventually come running out of there and they got shot with the shotguns and we're talking some rats that were 12 to 18 inches long we're talking gopher rats now that won't work with a mousetrap you need to find a better way in fact the cats probably would have been afraid of that size rat so Consider, is there maybe a better way? You need to be curious when it comes to searching out resources. Krista and I are going to be camping in the woods for three days, three nights here, not too long from now. And one of the things that I like to do, depending on where we're camping, is what's over that hill? Is there a better water supply? Is there a better shelter location? Is there a better place that we could be putting our tent? Is there a safer place? Is there a more protected place? So search out those resources and look for what improves your situation. One thing I like to do is to be curious about how our plan can be defeated. You know, every plan can have holes in it. And if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And if we have a bad plan, we can fail as well. But we need to look at how that can be defeated. 
Now, we're only going to talk about two of these, but you'll get the idea. Food plan. Do we have everything we need? How about food? Well, how do we cook it? Now, a friend of mine was telling me one day, and honestly, if I identified him, you would probably know who he is anyway. They were expecting freezing rain and snow, and they told people to be prepared for power outages. So he said, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to get us some things in case we have problems. And so he went to the store and he bought a bunch of frozen pizzas for the expected power outage. Now, that power outage would defeat his plan for food during the power outage. And he and I laughed about it. And he said, I learned then I have to have a secondary way to be able to cook food that does not depend upon electricity. How about our water plan? Do we know how to purify it? Do we know where to source water if we don't have enough stored? But we really need to know how to purify that. And just get curious one day and get on the internet, go to the YouTube University and learn some different ways to purify water. Now, another plan, and this is all important, is our protection plan. We've talked about keeping criminals out of our house. Have we looked at our house as a criminal would look at our house? What are the weak areas in our security or protection plan? What are the weak spots? Do we have hidden entrances? Do we have blind spots in our lighting? Have we gone out and checked these things out at night? Does that street light come on at an appropriate time? Does it go off in the middle of the night? So those are some things that we need to be looking at when it comes to the curiosity aspect of our adaptability plan. So let's just run over that real quick. Adaptability is a skill that lets you be flexible and change easily. And adaptable people tend to thrive in unpredictable environments, and we can adapt to changing information. And that adaptability skill set is observation, critical thinking, memorization, resilience, problem solving, creativity, and curiosity. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And as Krista would say, stuff happens, stay prepared. And I would say, We'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.